0: So, so glad to be back with you this week after taking last week off. Um, For those that don't know, I spent last week in Ashland, Kentucky, um, the most exciting place in the world. Note the sarcasm. Uh, No offense to anyone that lives in Ashland or is about Ashland, it's actually a great place, but I was emceeing a dance competition uh, that Amelia was in, but for the whole competition, so it was it was a long weekend to say the least, but I miss you guys. I'm glad to be back with you, and I'm, I'm really, really excited for today because currently, as I'm sure you're aware, we are, and as Jared just mentioned, we are one week out from Easter, right? Easter Sunday, the, the time of year that we really intentionally focus on and celebrate the greatest event that ever has taken place in our history, right? The glorious resurrection of our Savior, of Jesus, when he claimed victory over death, opening a way for us to be made right with God. Like, it's incredible. It's such a beautiful, beautiful thing that we get to celebrate, and I'm so excited about it. And um, I couldn't think of a better way to like prepare our hearts and prepare our minds for, for Easter service coming up next week, then for us to partake in communion together. Now, for those of you that, that may have just started coming to Life Point in the past year, um, what you may or may not know is that that typically before COVID, um, we took communion together the first Sunday of every month as a, fi- as a church family. And it was beautiful. Like we loved it. But like I said, then COVID hit, we were trying to figure out like, you know, with all the precautions, like how do we do it? Can we do it? And so we just kind of pressed pause on that. Um, but, but now we are at a place where we can do it safely, we can do it with some social distancing. Um, and I'm excited about it. So as you came in, um, you should have grabbed a, 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 you know, a, a communable as what our team and my daughter call it. It's like communion lunchable. It's all prepackaged, it's ready to go. You know, you pull the top layer off, there's the wafer. Pull the other layer off, and there's the juice. So, um, But you should have grabbed one of those on the way in. If not, when we get closer to that, we'll have someone that walks around with a basket that has some of them. And if you're watching from home or wherever, you can also join in with us if you have some juice or dare I say wine, um, and bread, or if you don't have those things and you still want to participate, grab a cracker and some coffee or whatever. It's really just focusing our hearts on on what Jesus did for us. So um, I'm excited about this. I'm excited to get back to um, really celebrating the things as Christ followers that that we should celebrate. So, But as we prepare our hearts and minds um, to take communion together, I want us to kind of jump into and look at Matthew 26 which is where we see Jesus sharing his final meal with his disciples before being sold out, arrested, and eventually beaten and crucified. This meal that we know um, typically as the Lord's Supper, right? The Last Supper. And, And while today is a communion service, I want us to take a second and really dig down deep into some of the words that Jesus says during this meal. And what we're going to find is that maybe Jesus had a little more to tell us in that meal and with his words than than what meets the eye. So let's go ahead and check this out today. Um, We're going to start off reading in Matthew chapter 26, verse 26. It says this, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and he blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and he gave it to his disciples saying, take this and eat it. For this is my body. Clearly here we see that and we know that Jesus is uh, foreshadowing his coming death on the cross. Like he's he's letting them know that. And when we take communion here at the end of the service, it's exactly what we are celebrating. We We are recognizing the fact that Jesus gave the ultimate sacrifice so that we could have life. So that we could be free So when we take that, the bread, right, we we think of his body given. And when we drink the juice, think of his blood that was poured out for our sins, for us. But this isn't the first time, nor the last, that we hear Jesus say these words. Especially when he's sharing a meal with his followers. We see the same words in Mark chapter 6, when Jesus takes five loaves of bread and two fish and feeds 5,000 plus, right? Mark chapter 6, verse 41 says, Jesus took the five loaves of bread and two fish, looked up to heaven, and he blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to his disciples so that they could distribute it to the people. And then we see it again after Jesus, um, after his death and then his resurrection in Luke chapter 24, we see these same words. These same actions, they're the same actions that opened the eyes of his followers. After they walked uh, to Emmaus with this man, they took him to home, they shared a meal together, and they realized that it was Jesus. Check it out, Luke 24, starting in verse 30. It says, as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and he blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. At that point, it says, suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him, and at that moment... He disappeared. Talk about a dramatic entrance and exit, right? Leave it to Jesus. But we see these same four words at each of these meals. In each of these events, take, bless, break, and give. And with Jesus, we know that there's something deeper than just words. You see, these words weren't just about sharing a meal together. These these words was definitely were definitely not about just bread. These words weren't just about Jesus giving his life. I believe that these four words are a challenge. I believe that these four words are a commission. I believe that it is a divine calling for us, for what it truly means to be his church. Take, bless, break, and give. So let's take a look, deeper look at these words. And the first word that we see is take. Right? At each one of these meals, the very first thing that Jesus does is he took the bread. Throughout his earthly ministry, we see Jesus taking whatever was given to him. Right, whatever was set before him, and he made something beautiful out of it. Healing people with nothing. Healing a blind man by scooping up some dirt, spitting in it, making mud, and putting it on his eyes. Right? He took whatever was before him and he made it something beautiful. And in Mark chapter 6, as we just read, we see that he took five loaves of bread and two fish, and he feed fed 5,000 plus people. 5,000 plus. Now, yesterday, me and the kids and we went with uh, my in-laws to Mike Lending's for dinner. And if you don't know what Mike Lending's is, in the south end of Louisville, it's one of the best fish places. It's outdoor. It's like, it's huge. Um, and it's always packed. But, you know, it, there was a ton of people there. Socially distanced, outside, open air. It's great. But there was tons and tons of people. And if I was in a situation where I had to feed... All of the people that were there and all I had was two pieces of fish and like five hush puppies right like I would be stressed out I would be like I wouldn't be seeing this as an opportunity I would see it as a major problem of not having enough but you see we are conditioned to, to think that way these days right I mean, think about all the things that you read or you see online, or that you read about on social media, or that you read in the paper, or that you watch on the news, right? We see that there's just never enough. There's not enough jobs. There's not enough time. There's not enough money to pay your bills and to pay your mortgage, not enough not funds to keep your house, not enough funds to pay your student loan debt, hello, Um, just there's just not enough, right? There's not enough love in the world today. There's not enough peace. There's not enough joy. There's just never, it's never enough. Like everything is limited. And then as a result of that, we begin to believe the greatest, one of the greatest lies that the enemy feeds us. We take thinking that there's not enough and we translate it into I'm not enough. Then we get put on the sidelines right? We're out of the game. We're distracted. And I'm telling you, that is devastating when you get to that point, when you start to view yourself as not being enough. And I know that firsthand because I am the king of that. I struggle with that constantly. In fact, full disclosure, this past week, I really struggled with this, with believing this lie. I was, I felt, I got down feeling like, man, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. Never going to be good enough. I struggled with it. But again, it's a lie. Because the truth is where we see limitations, Jesus sees possibilities. Where we feel that we're broken, he sees beauty. You see, he wants to take us, take all of us, all of our guilt, all of our shame. He wants to take the unemployed, he wants to take the fearful, the addicted the innocent, the guilty, the young, the old. He, he wants to take us all, the prideful, the arrogant. He wants to take all of you, all the good, all the bad, all the mess. He wants to take it. And he wants to make it and turn it into something beautiful because that's what Jesus does. He takes. But he doesn't stop there, right? Once he took the bread... Each and every time, what did he do? He then blessed it. He takes and then he blesses. And it's the same thing for you. When he takes you, like all of you, the mess, everything, those deepest, darkest secrets that you don't share with anyone that you know about, he takes that and he blesses it. That's what he does. He redeems us. And he does that so that we can be on mission, so that we can see ourselves as he sees us. And it's a beautiful thing. We get off the sidelines and then we actually get in the game. And throughout scripture, there are endless examples of this, where Jesus takes something and someone, and then he blesses it. But I don't think there's any greater example in scripture than what we find in Acts chapter 8 with Saul. Later, we know him as Paul, right? So let's go ahead and check out Acts chapter 8, and let's look a little bit about what I'm talking about with him taking something and blessing it, right? Acts chapter 8, we're going to read verse 1 and verse 3, and this this occurred directly after or right after the stoning of Stephen, who who was stoned to death because, simply because he followed Jesus. So check it out. Acts chapter 8 verse 1 says, Saul was one of the witnesses and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers, except the apostles, were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Jumping to verse 3, it says, but Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them in prison these were definitely some dark times for Christ's followers i really really struggle this is a side note but i really struggle when i hear people talking about us being persecuted in america like christians being persecuted right now in america because of covid or whatever no that is the furthest thing from the truth this is persecution right here Read what's going on around the world with other believers. That's persecution. They're life on the line just to gather like we're gathering right now. We are not persecuted. Sorry, side note. Let me get off my soapbox there. But, but these were dark times for them, right? And Saul was at the very heart of it. He was going around everywhere doing his very best to destroy the early church. And then we look at Acts 9 verse 1. It even continues, it gets worse. It says, meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. That's Saul, right? That's what he was about. This is a picture of a man that was so full of hate, so full of rage and disdain that he was hunting down anyone and everyone that claimed to believe in Jesus as the Messiah. And he either threw him in prison Or he took part, whether it be given the order, or took part in killing them, putting them to death. This dude was into some serious, seriously dark stuff. But then as we read on in Acts chapter 9, something amazing takes place. He meets God on the road to Damascus. Right? On that road he has this beautiful encounter that radically changes him forever. He was taken and then blessed. Blessed with the calling to take the gospel to anyone and everyone that would hear it. A guy that originally was persecuting, like truly persecuting believers, putting him in prison, killing them, hunting him down, that was his job. Like, that was his jam. That's what he was living for. Then, now we know him as Paul, the one who's responsible for writing at least 13, maybe even 14 books of the New Testament. What a beautiful transformation. Redemption. And it was only because of Jesus. Took him and blessed him. So if you ever think that you are too far gone, think about Saul. Dude persecuting, killing Christians, and then God transformed him. He took him. He blessed him, and then he's, he's out there taking the gospel, not only to the Jewish people, but to the Gentiles, to all people. God using him to pin his words in Scripture, it's incredible, because God alone can take you and then bless you. It's a beautiful, redemptive story. That's what he does. He takes broken things and makes them beautiful. And then, after he took the bread, he always blessed it. Then we see that he broke it. In order for something to be given, distributed out, it has to be broken, right? And this is the part that no one wants to talk about. This is the part that we don't like, right? Nobody likes to be broken. No one likes to be hurt. It's our human nature to avoid brokenness and hurt at all costs, right? I mean, it's just natural for us. But sometimes we have to be broken to be given. It's just the facts. And guess what? You're not alone in wanting to avoid hurt and brokenness. It's okay to feel that way. It's how we respond to it that what matters. You see, even God's son, Jesus, had to be broken to be given. And he, too, wanted to avoid that if possible. He, didn't. he wasn't looking forward to the hurt. And we see this when we, when we read in Mark chapter 14, when he's going off to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's a heartbreaking passage of scripture, but a beautiful, powerful passage of scripture. One that I I absolutely love, and I always try to focus in on this a lot around this time of year with Easter, because it's just so powerful. It's so beautiful. Check out his prayer. Mark chapter 14, verse 32. It says, they went to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And Jesus said, he said this to his disciples, he said, sit here a while. Sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him. And he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Man, how many of you have ever been there? Like, honestly, like, let's be, you can be honest here. You've been, you've been crushed with grief, hurt, pain. And we've all been there. Jesus says, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. He says, stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and fell to the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. And he knew what was coming. And he he wanted to avoid it if possible. He cries out, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. He was broken. But like I've said, it's not about the brokenness. It's about how we handle it and what we do with it. Then he powerfully concludes his prayer with this. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. So powerful. So humbling. Think about that. A lot of times we read through scripture and, and we just kind of buzz through it. You know, we don't really put ourselves in that situation. But think about that moment when you were broken to the point of death. Crying out to God to take whatever it is away from you, to heal you, to change this scenario, to take me out of it. And I've been there. But then being able to say at the end of it, God, but your will be done, not mine. That's when we can be given. Right? So we're broken. But how we finish? What do we do with that brokenness? That's what matters. See, I'm not saying, don't hear what I'm not saying because this gets misconstrued a lot. I'm not saying that a life connected with Jesus is all about pain and suffering and misery and all that. That's, that's not true. In this world, in this life, we will face brokenness, we will have troubles, and it's because we live in a fallen world. And even connected to Jesus, we're gonna feel hurt, and there's gonna be times that we're broken. But what I am saying is that if Jesus can pray for us and for the people that were doing this to him from the cross, right? If Stephen can, can worship while the stones are coming down, crushing him, If Paul can sing praises and continue to witness while in prison, so can I. So can you. Your brokenness doesn't define you because Jesus has taken you and blessed you. And the final thing that we see is that he does that to give. To give. Each and every time, not only did he take the bread... Not only did he bless it, not only did he break it, but then he gave it. He freely gave the bread. And I want to remind you today that you and I, as Christ followers, we are the church. We are God's plan to reach this world. I said it a few weeks ago what god is doing in the world today he's going to do it through his people through his church so we have to be on mission we have to be willing to be given this is his plan so you've been taken and blessed broken and now given not for your glory but for his taken and blessed, broken and given for a world that's looking for just any ounce of hope, right? For, for a culture that continues to be caught up in the performance track, right? Where success is off, based off scoreboards and numbers and your bank account, outcomes, how many times you win. You've been given to a generation that is trapped in chasing the spotlight. Just look on social media. Again, I talk a lot about it. I'm not knocking it. Social media has a lot of great, uh, great things. It can be a great place, but it's also one of the most toxic places imaginable. I know it's not a surprise to most people, but I saw there was a commercial The other day of um, an app that you can change you know like all your filters and you know make your eyes a little bit bigger your teeth wider and edit like on the fly so that basically just so that you can look better when you post your pictures on on Instagram and Facebook so that people will see you that's not really you and this is what the world is chasing after they're lost they're hurting it creates stress and anxiety it continues to feed that lie that you're not enough But we as the church have been given, given to a world that's seeking answers and justice in the midst of turmoil and unrest and constant hate, to a world that's honestly lost, flipped upside down because of this pandemic. The church has a beautiful opportunity right now, and I pray that we don't miss it because a lot of people are asking a lot of questions. And how we respond matters. Because the truth is, is we have the answer. We have the answer to all those questions, to all the hurt, to all the pain, to all the confusion, to, to, to everything. And the answer is Jesus. That is the answer. So what are we going to do with Again, you are his plan for this lost world, not somebody else, not just the person sitting beside you or in front of you or behind you, not just me because I'm a pastor. You are his plan to reach the people that he has brought into your life, to share the gospel with them. And when I say share the gospel with them, I don't mean just with your words, I mean with your actions with how you love them, how you encourage them, how you speak life into them. That's what they're longing for. And we can do that because that's what Jesus did for us. He was taken, blessed, broken, and given for you and for me. So we follow that lead and we do the same. As one body, one church, taken and blessed, broken and given. And may we be on mission and not miss this moment. And so as we move in through this week, right, to get to Easter, let's really fix our hearts on this. Find ways that we can continue to praise and thank God for the fact that he's done this for us. And then as a result, we find ways to, to give to the world that so desperately needs Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, we, we thank you today that first and foremost that you that you loved us so much. That you gave yourself made a way for us to be made right before the Father through your death, your burial, and your resurrection. Jesus, we thank you for that. We thank you for the fact that as we read your words that are preserved in Scripture, that we know that you, you share so much. They're just simple words like take, bless, break, and Give. how you model how we are to live as individuals and as the church all throughout your earthly ministry. Jesus, may we take note of that and may we honor you by living as much as we can like you and keeping our eyes fixed on you and our hearts fixed on you
1: and truly being the church to those around us.
0: As we continue in a spirit of prayer, maybe you're here this morning or whenever you're watching online and you've never truly been taken by Jesus because you've never opened yourself up to be taken. You've never stepped over that line of faith for whatever reason. And if that's you today, I just wanna encourage you and remind you, as I just said, God loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you, to take your rightful place, take all your guilt and all your shame upon himself so that we could be free, so that we could have life, so that we could have forgiveness, so that we could be eternally connected to the Father starting right now. And if that's you and you're ready to step over that line of faith, you feel that little tug that man you're missing something it's the holy spirit telling you receive me." you don't have to go clean your life up first because we're all broken <laughs> he just wants to take all of you the good the bad and the ugly and he wants to bless it he wants to redeem you Scripture says in Romans 10, 9 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God rose from, the, rose from the grave that you'll be saved. It's not about a prayer. It's not about coming forward or anything like that. It's about your heart connecting with His. Letting go of yourself and saying, Jesus, I believe that you are who you say you are. Confess that I have flaws and that I need you as my Savior and you just receive that. So right wherever you're at, You can call out to him. Connect with him. Confess and believe. He says you're a new creation. He begins that beautiful work of changing you from the inside out. It's so amazing. But maybe you're here this morning and you are a Christ follower, but you've kind of lost sight of the mission. We've been hitting it a lot recently so important especially right now it's such a beautiful opportunity to really be the church may we not miss it understand that you were taken and blessed broken at times so that you could be given you are his plan for the world you are his gift to the world that's who you are so let's live it At this time, we're going to go ahead and, while Jared continues to play, we're going to move on into our communion as a family. And so if you weren't able to grab one of the juices and the the wafer on your way in, if you just slip your hand up, that's cool. Well, someone will bring it around. Looks like everybody might have it. If you're watching at home online, again, like I said, uh, we would love for you to participate with us. If you have some juice or wine or bread or whatever you got again it's it's just about us remembering what jesus did so just before we take a few things i want to say here at life point church we believe that that there are specific ordinances that we read in scripture two of them specifically uh, baptism and taking of communion we practice both of them here so um, we are actually going to be having a baptism service here in the coming weeks. So if you would like more information about baptism, you can reach out to us um, and we'll talk you through that. And we're gonna have a baptism service, like I said, probably within the month. But then also there's communion and neither one of them are required for belief. They're not required for your salvation, but it's a way to recognize and honor what God has done for us. Baptism is that beautiful picture of you giving your life to him completely. The old self dying and the new self rising. And then again with communion, we take this to remember his body and his blood given and broken for us. The only thing that two requirements is one that you do have a connected relationship with Jesus. You have to know him as your savior to to celebrate that fact. And the other is just, Jared's gonna play and I'm gonna give you a moment. Just take some time and spend some time with God. Ask him to reveal things to you. Ask him to show you some things maybe that you need to change, new things you need to do, old things you need to get rid of. It's not a guilt fest. I grew up in like an independent Baptist church, and I dreaded communion every time because I was afraid that if I, you know, ate this little wafer and drank some juice and I had one little sin in my life that like it was over and God was going to like lightning bolt me down. Um, It's not a guilt fest. This is a beautiful celebration, recognizing what he's done for us. So just take a minute, minute, spend some time with him, and then I'll call us back together. We'll read some scripture, and then we'll take the elements together as a church family. So you spend some time with Jesus right now. Online, do the same.
1: Inside the
0: Chapter 22, verse 19, it says, And he took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. He broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then in Matthew 26, 27, and 28, it says, And he took a cup of wine and he gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the new covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. And so as you take of the the bread and the juice today or whatever you're using at home, we do this to remember him. And may we live every second of our lives from this beautiful truth. Because when we do that, we can do nothing but be on mission and be the church. So as a, as a church family, let's go ahead and partake of the elements. And then you can spend some more time with Jesus as Jared plays.
1: Beneath the of all our sin You bow to none but heaven's will scoffers, crown no burden Up from the grave, From the grave.
0: Oh. All right, as we um, continue on with our worship through our tithes and our offerings, here's at Life Point Church. a few different ways that you can give. Um, you can give on your way out. Um, the left side is a basket. Um, there's some pens and envelopes if you want to give here in person. I, again, I've said this before, I personally sanitized all the pens myself, so they are they're good to go. So if you use one, um, just sit it down on the table. Behind there's a little jar that they're in so that we know the clean ones are in there. Um, or if you want to give online, um, you can go to our website, The top right-hand corner is an online giving button. If you click it, it takes you to a safe and secure place where you can give. Um, Or you can text to give um, by texting the amount to the number 84321. Um, But however you choose to give, we are just so thankful that you're on mission with your giving and faithful giving back just a portion of what it is that God has blessed you with. And and we are committed here at LifePoint to be diligent and faithful to using that for the purpose of reaching people with the good news of Jesus. So um, we just thank you for, for doing that and participating in that. Um, also, if this is your first time here, or if you've not signed up yet for our text alerts, um, you can fill out a, um, a digital connection card by um, texting um, the word CONNECT to the number 502-236-9446. We'll leave that up there if you want to do that. But um, again, it, you send a text, write CONNECT, um, it'll send you a link back, follow the link, just a little connection card to fill out. Um, it's really simple. It'll get you connected with us. It's, you can also continue to text that uh, if you have questions, and w- someone from our team will get that and respond. And then we also send out a few little text alerts. Nothing crazy. We're not going to overwhelm you, I promise. Um, so if you want to do that, we encourage you to do that. But, man, thank you all so, so much for being here, for being a part of Life Point Church. Um, of course, we can't leave without me saying next week is Easter, right? So I'm pretty excited about that. So make sure you come out April 4th. Um, it's going to be great tell a friend or two if they're not ready to come back out um, in person yet tell them to jump in online we want to have as many people as we can so that we can share the good news of Jesus' resurrection and celebrate that together as a family and share the good news with people that may need to hear that so I encourage you to be on board with that come hang out with us next week it's gonna be awesome so other than that thank you all so much I love you if you need anything don't hesitate to reach out to us We're here for you. And um, we will see you guys online throughout the week and then next Sunday for Easter. Love you guys.